the leadership of our country is is for everyone and there's there's an opportunity for anyone who wants to take the chance this is purple hall Welcome to Preble Hall, a podcast about naval history from the United States Naval Academy Museum in Annapolis. Our guest host today is Captain Tamika Lindsay, United States Naval Academy, class of 1992. She's an information professional in the Navy and currently serves as the Chief Diversity Officer of the Academy. Midshipman First Class Sidney Barber was recently selected as the Brigade Commander for the spring semester of 2021. Midshipman First Class Barbara is the first African-American female to serve in that position. And our special guest is Millie Bailey, an American World War II veteran. Bailey was one of the first African-American officers in the Women's Army Corps and served as a commander of the Women's Colored Detachment. Captain, over to you. Thank you very much, Commander. Um, what an honor it is to be sitting here with you, Miss Bailey, and, and to Midshipman Barbara. This has been a a privilege to hear that you wanted to come out and reach out to Midshipman Barber um, to, to have this talk with her. And we are humbled and we're greatly appreciative that you, you considered us and took the time to come to the Naval Academy. So I have a few questions for you and Sydney today. And the first question for you, ma'am, is given what you know about life as an African-American, and the role of women at the time when you first joined in, in the early 40s, what motivated you to serve? Well, of course, <clears throat> I was honored to be able to serve, and also where I was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, jobs were not very good. So I saw it as an opportunity to get experience and training that would benefit me later. Well, what challenges did you face, and how did you overcome them? Well, of course, everything was segregated then, so we had to deal with that. And by being stationed in the South, then, of course, I was facing more problems about race than you would have if you weren't stationed in the South. What did your family think or say about your decision to serve? Well, my mother was raising my sister and me as a single parent, and she was a, a, a accepted and agreed with my decision to do that. And despite the challenges, what do you think you gain from your experience in the Army? Well, of course, I gained the opportunity to command people to be in charge of something. And I was also benef benefited by the extra training, for example, I was selected to go to Action General School, which was quite an honor. Also, I think I went to, I believe it was Purdue University for a short time. So I had a number of experiences that were very valuable. And, and I take it you think that it was all worth it. Would you do it all again? Yes. Great. <laughs> okay, so Midshipman Barber, here we are 70, almost more than 75 years later. Universal equality still evades us. Still, there are many more opportunities for African-American women now than in the first half of the 20th century. With that in mind, what motivated you to take a pass on the opportunities offered by civilian life in order to pursue a military career? 
Well, what, what motivated me most was I, no matter what I do and what I, what I wanted to do when I came here, I wanted to pursue a career in service. Um, I wanted to serve a country and just any individual person that I meet as best as, best as I could. Um, in, in the civilian world before I came here, I had a lot of uh, many opportunities to pursue community service, whether that be within my within my, my hometown or um, just I would go to, to different communities outside of my hometown that um, were uh, had economic disparities or um, were, were disadvantaged in other ways and try to give back to them. And I think that in this and I pursued this path to just do that on a larger scale. And what challenges do African-American women face in today's military and how do they overcome them? Today, there, I'm, I would say that even though we've made a lot of progress um, since the Naval Academy or since our, our first our country um, was founded, there's still challenges that exist with regard to um, just biases that um, are exist within just how, how someone perceives um, an, an African-American woman. Um, I, I think that while, while I've been here at the academy, nothing has been overt, and I, I'm very blessed that my experience is, is different than Ms. Bailey's in that I didn't have to face um, segregation, and I didn't have someone actively trying to, trying to put barriers between my opportunity, um, the opportunities that I have, but uh, I think that there's also just subliminal messages um, and, and things that people think um, when they first meet you before they even get to know anything about you, that you have to work um, not only to prove yourself um, just based off of your merit and your and the content of your character and, and what you're capable of, but also unravel stereotypes that they may already have about you. Absolutely. Despite the challenges and understanding you're at the early stages of military life, what have you gained so far from your military life and what do you expect to gain from the uniformed services? What the th I think what I've learned the most over the course of the past four years is I've, I've learned the most, not necessarily from, um, I've learned a lot from leadership lessons that I've learned here, but mostly the challenges um, that I face personally and, um, and each, each person that I meet, I think that I've, I've approached this opportunity of coming to the Naval Academy and, and pursuing a, a career in the Navy as an opportunity to learn about the world um, and, and to learn about as many people as I could along the way. And that goes from the, whether it's an 06 in, in the Navy or, or the Marine Corps, or whether I'm talking to the Commandant or I'm talking to um, the person who, who cleans up my trash, I feel like there's, there's a, every person has a story. And I think that, that's been the most beneficial um, aspect of being here at the Academy is just a, a group of people who come from all over the country, who have all, all, all over the world even, um, and it's just an opportunity to, to come here together in Annapolis and, and learn from each other. Absolutely, absolutely. So who do you look for inspiration in your service? Who do you look to? So someone that inspired me to pursue this path of even coming to, to the position of brigade commander or just understanding more of my significance or understanding the weight of my significance here at the Naval Academy was Miss Janie Mines, who was the first African-American female graduate at the Academy. Um, she's been a mentor to me since since we, we first met um, over a year ago. And um, I, I really, her, her story 
hit me hard when I first read it in her book, No Coincidences, because I understood that, because even though that the Academy looks very different than it did when she was first here, um, that I'm pursuing her path. And uh, she, she went, her experiences was, was um, a lot more difficult than mine was in that she faced discrimination amongst her peers and her professors and um, in her upper class. And um, I, I understand that in all these years later, over 20, 40 years <laughs> later, uh, I can now pursue her path and, and I have the opportunity to, to carry on her legacy. Great, and I'm, I know that she's very proud of you. And, and we also know that you are the daughter of a 91 grad, Ken yes. Barber. So what did, they, what did your, your family think when you decided to say you wanted to serve? My dad was, he was very, he was ecstatic. Um, it never was something that he thought that I would pursue just because I was looking at several different options in civilian schools. Um, but I think just like him, my dad, he, he has a really big heart for service and giving back. Um, he's not, he doesn't pursue any opportunity out of selfish ambition or, or for money or, um, or recognition for himself. He, he always wants to do it out of the goodness of his heart for her other people. And so I think he was proud that, that I, that was my motivation in taking this path too. It wasn't because of him. It wasn't because of any, anyone else, um, or, or for my own personal gain, but it was because I wanted to give back to the world. Um, so. I'm I'm happy, and I think that my family was happy about that too. You know, we're talking about four years, you know, ago that you made this big decision to come here. Um, do you think it has been worth it? And would you do it all again? I think it, it's been absolutely worth it. I can't see myself anywhere else. Um, I think the whatever moment it clicked for me that that I wanted to pursue the Naval Academy, I'm so blessed that that happened. Um, just, I think it was. Meeting, meeting the people here and just knowing the character of, of um, this institution and everything that it represents. I was just, um, I, I was, it was just fascinating to me um, as, a, as a high schooler. And if I, if I could, I think I would do it 100 times over just because this has just been a moment that I wanted to uh, relish in forever. And now that we're here, where you've had a chance to hear about, read about, and now meeting Miss Bailey, mm -hmm. um, what have you taken from this interaction so far? I think I'm humbled. Um, I'm, I feel I've, it, it puts everything into perspective in the same way that um, meeting Miss Mines in person put everything into perspective of, you know, her, what, what she went through and what she, this world and this academy, um, this nation would look like when she was my age was very different. And, um, and I, I, she had to write her story from the beginning and um, she, had to, she was once in, in the same shoes that I was, but she had to face her own challenges. And I'm, I'm now in the opportunity when you ask Miss Bailey, you know, would you do it all over again? And given all the lessons that you've learned, I feel like I have the opportunity now to do so. And I have so much to learn from her and, and her story. So I, I think that it's, it's just, it's, I feel joyful um, and excited about everything that lies ahead. So for Miss Bailey, having met Midshipman Barber, what do you think about her and other young African-American military women you've met? Well, I'm very impressed. Of course, I'm very happy to see the progress and wish them all the best. 
They, they have the opportunity to establish a good record for women, and I'm sure they will. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience in the Army? What was your MOS, or Military Occupational Specialty, and where did you serve? Well, my first assignment after I was commissioned was at Fort McClellan, Alabama, and I was second in command of the WAC detachment. And then I was transferred to Fort Benning. Again, I was second in command. I was selected to go to Ashton General School, which was quite an honor. I think it's the second highest in the Army. The highest is the command and general staff at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. And after I finished the training at Ashton General, I was promoted to first lieutenant. Yes, I was promoted. And then I became the commander of the WAC detachment at Fort Benning, and I served the rest of my time there. I got out of the Army in 46. I chose not to make it a career, but I was the commander of WAC detachment number two at Fort Benning. Okay. So after hanging up your uniform and, and resuming c civilian life, what did you do after Army service? Can you just give me some well, highlights? My first job was at Fort, my first job was uh, at uh, Veterans Administration in Chicago where I processed applications under the GI Bill of Rights. And then I moved to Social Security in Chicago and later I transferred from Social Security in Chicago to Social Security at Baltimore, and I had a, a number of different assignments, but in my last job, I was the division director and was over about 1,100 people. That was my final job. Very impressive. And, and Ms. Barber, what does Ms. Bailey, excuse me, I'm sorry, what does Midshipman Barber's achievement mean to the military, in your opinion? Well, I think it will inspire other people to try for, try to move up the command staff. The fact that she's there will certainly encourage other women that they can attain that. And for you, Midshipman Barber, what does this milestone and accomplishment mean to you personally? Personally, I feel like this is this is an opportunity for to um, one show, like Miss Bailey said, show a, a another generation of young female, young girls, or um, that they too can pursue a path um, to to ascend to a higher role of leadership, whether that's in the military if they want to pursue a path here as an officer, or, or in our country as a whole that. Um, the leadership of our country is, is for everyone, uh, and there's, there's an opportunity for anyone who wants to take the chance. So I think that I, I'm, I'm happy about that, and I'm, I'm encouraged by this moment and, and by the story that, that's circulating around the country so that young girls can pursue the path too. Uh, but, and also I think it, it speaks volumes to um, all those who came before me. Um, and I, again, like I said, I, I'm very humbled personally um, to to be able to be in the right moment at the right time in history because I feel like there are a lot of other people who maybe wouldn't have had this opportunity who have been in my shoes and maybe could have 
even been more qualified than I am um, to hold this position. But just because of the, the discriminatory barriers at any other, at any other time in history, um, they just weren't, they weren't given the chance. So I feel blessed um, to be able to be given the chance at the right time in history. And, I, and I, that's something that I carry with me as um, something that keeps me humble and, and kind of puts a, puts a responsibility on it that, I mean, I have to earn this position every day and it's not, there can't be an off day for me at all. You, you talked about your inspiration and Miss Janie Mines and I, I know that you and she were just texting right. <laughs> just before the interview. <laughs> Um, let's talk about some of your mentors, including Ms. Mines. How, how are some, or what are some of the ways your mentors, both at the academy and outside the academy, have supported you in your path to brigade commander? I would say that um, the only reason why I'm here, I, I, w I, w could, I can hardly accredit me being here to um, myself. I think that I'm here because of every single mentor, coach, professor, uh, family member, relative who has poured into me um, and encouraged me at any, any point in, in time of, of my lifetime leading up to this moment and, um, and, and has shaped me over, over the course of my, my time here. I'd say that I think that, that there were times leading when I was young that in not really seeing many people who look like me in positions such as this, um, I never really thought that it would be something that I would pursue as a young, as a young girl. But some of my inspirations um, outside of that, Michelle Obama was someone that when I saw her as, as, as a leader, of, one of the leaders of this country, that, was, that inspired me. Um, and, then, uh, and then other leaders too, um, and mentors that I've had throughout, especially when I came to, to the academy, I saw there were some um, minority female officers that I met who um, also put things into perspective for me too. So I think that it, it was, it was a, a collaboration of several people who um, inspired me throughout my time in, in, at the academy and throughout my life. Miss Bailey, um, Midshipman Barber is going to be donning her second lieutenant bars in less than six months. What advice do you have for your young Navy counterpart here? I don't know that she needs any advice from me. The fact that she's achieved this shows that she has shown leadership. So I'm not sure that I need to give her any advice. Just keep on keeping on and remember that you, you are a model for younger people and they will look up to you and I'm sure that you will inspire them to do their best. You know, in the light of inspiring others. What about those young uh, school age girls in middle school and high school who are thinking about what they want to be when they grow up? What advice do you have for young African-American women considering a military career? Ms. Bailey, I'll start with you. Well, I think that when they see that she has achieved this, it will let them know that it's possible for them. And I hope that they will do their very best and that they will recognize that there are opportunities. And, and I would say, you know, take a chance on yourself. Don't, don't let anyone else, don't, don't be the one to tell yourself no. Um, that's something that I, I used to do a lot was I would count myself out before I would even pursue an opportunity. But the only, the only way that I improved um, and the only way that I even came to this position was me taking risks and um, stretching outside of my comfort zone. I talked about 
meeting new people, not taking a single person for granted, open, having an open mind, and any person you meet, taking that as an opportunity to learn someone's story and, and to gain a new perspective. But, um, and and that's, that, that comes with empathy too. So I think that that's, that's one part is having an, you know, an open mind, an empathetic mind, and then also just t taking, being courageous with the risks that you take and, and how you push yourself um, each and every day and, and work to improve and anything that you, you may be struggling with, ways that you may, areas that you may be weak, you know, using your failures as an opportunity to learn at all times. Don't let your failures define you. Um, I think that, and then my attitude currently, that's I feel like how, how I got here to this point, but my attitude currently is, um, I like to say GH3, grateful, humble, hungry, and honest. So try to always stay grateful, always be humble, um, and use that hu humility to, to keep you hungry. Um, and then always be honest with yourself and be honest with others too. So that, that's my is, advice. That is a great philosophy. I, I love that. So, so I know that you, like we talked about your father and hi, him kind of uh, setting a, a path for you, but what do you wish you had known about the military when you first started? I think just the, the amount of opportunities that are presented here that you can't get anywhere else. I mean, there's, this is a very rare opportunity to, to see the world. You know, they, they say see the Navy, see, or join the Navy, see the world. Um, the opportunities to, to, to meet people, I feel like, that I, I would not had if I had gone to civilian college, or I'm thinking about the summer trainings that I had, doing internships around the world, and um, going to Hawaii on, on, on my fleet crews and um, pursuing just joining clubs and I really feel like I, I've maximized every opportunity that I had out of this place but um, I, it took me a while to get there I think when I was before I came here it wasn't until my my later years here at the Academy that I started to to pursue those risks and, and stretch outside of my comfort zone um, I, I felt like when I first came here I, I stayed contained in a box and I didn't really want to um, I didn't want to be uncomfortable so I would say, I would say that um, if I were to do it again, I would I would stretch myself earlier on. Last year, last October, or in a few months beforehand, you talked about you actually stepped forward and said, "I I need to have a women's alumni con conference, mm -hmm. a black women's alumni conference." Here. Right. Why was that important to you at that time, when you started stepping out of your t comfort zone? So um, it, it it does go back to how how I felt after I read Miss Janie Mines' book, um, No Coincidences. I was really convicted by her, her stories and her anecdotes because I could see myself in the words on the page. And she talked about how um, the reason, she, she, felt, she felt like she wanted to quit all the time. And she felt like she had no idea why she was still here, why she would go four years without getting help from any professors, why, I mean, going through every day with her classmates spitting on her and um, calling her racial slurs and just the segregation that she felt to a, to a heightened extent being the only person there. And I just could imagine how lonely that, that felt um, because I know how much I rely on others throughout this time. Like I said, I don't think I could have been here in this position had it not been to every single person who supports me and pours into me. And so that really put things in perspective for me, just how strong she was during that time. And um, I think the thing that she said motivated her was understanding the context and the significance of her being here, knowing that she would walk outside the gates of the Naval Academy and she would see the Annapolis Harbor 
and knowing that Annapolis was once an active slave port. And she said she would she would see the ghosts of slaves in, in her mind as she would walk by herself because she didn't have anybody to, to, to support her. And, and that was what encouraged her, is understanding their stories and um, the adversities that they, fa they faced in order to pave the way so that she had that opportunity to rewrite the narrative. And um, so knowing that, I think that and I think she, she understood that she was standing on the shoulders of giants, all of those who came um, and had to endure slavery in America. And then I, I felt like um, because that motivated her, that could also help to motivate the, the current black female midshipmen here at the academy understand that we too are standing on the shoulders of giants. Um, I think that, that that's gotten, sometimes it gets lost, um, just the weight of our significance um, and the responsibility that we have to carry on a legacy um, that was started by people and people had shed, shed blood, t tears, made sacrifices for us to be here. So I think that putting that, that breakfast together and having alumni, including Miss Janie Mines, come and share their stories and share their adversities firsthand um, just helped us and uh, us all to, to kind of find, uh, to, to share in our, our, sh our story that we're all con continually writing together and understanding the role that we have currently in this moment of history. And what was the big takeaway that you heard from the midshipmen and those who visited from the prep school that weekend? What was the big feedback that you got from that event, from that unique event? So, I mean, I, I, was, I was very, again, very humbled by the stories that they shared and knowing that their, their experiences here at the Naval Academy were very different than, than mine here. And I was thinking, you know, if Miss Janie Mines could go through four years of the Academy and, um, and face all of that, I mean, who am I to complain about, you know, waking up for a seven o'clock formation or, um, or for, for my grades to not be uh, exceptional because, because I, I do get help from my classmates and teachers. So it just motivated me to, to work all harder um, and make the most of the opportunities that are granted to me um, and, and um, just because of the sacrifices that she made. So again, it's just made me feel like I'm earn, earning this, this privilege and this opportunity. But um, there was a comment that was made at the breakfast by one of the, the alumni mentors and she said that, um, you know, we've never had a black female brigade commander. Um, and as she said, I, I, think that, I think that the next one is in this room. And there are, there are a hundred of us in, in the room of us black female midshipmen at the time. And I don't necessarily attribute that to what motivated me to pursue this position, but I think um, I think that that God definitely put that in my ear. Um, whether it was even if it was in the back of my mind, it it, it was something that kind of probably urged me to to pursue this path even a year later. And why do you think it is important to have diversity and representation in the senior ranks? I think that we're, we're only, we can only maximize our potential if we take into, we, we look at every single person who sits at our table and we, we, evaluate, we regard them with, with value and we appreciate everything that they have to the table. I think that's, that's been how I've learned the most is, is by appreciating every single person that I meet and, and seeing an opportunity to learn from them. And I think that um, we can be, we, we can be so innovative and we can, we can reach, we can achieve things that we've never been able to if we really take the time to, to, to learn from every single person um, and give everyone 
who ha- who has a ch- who can um, the chance to to contribute to our team. Um, so, and I think that that that's really important for just how we lead at the Naval Academy. But I also think it's important because as officers in the Navy um, or the Marine Corps, we're, we're leading a blended force. So there's it's not homogenous in any way. People come from different backgrounds. We're going to be expected to lead people who maybe didn't have, um, maybe can't join the military to, to get out of a, a difficult situation or um, had had backgrounds that, that were not as uh, as glorious and or as nice as, as the ones that we have, but we have to learn empathy and we have to learn to um, to, to relate to those people and to lead them to, to accomplish the mission that, that is, we set out to do. So I think that having a diverse team here, it just helps us, one, um, to maximize the potential of, of our organization here at the Naval Academy, and it helps us to learn empathy to prepare us to lead a blended force in the fleet. Ms. Bailey, I would like to ask the same question to you. Why do you think it's important to have diversity and representation in the senior ranks? Well, I think that the people can relate more to the people of the same gender. And uh, I think having the some top people inspires other people. They're inspired because they recognize that they have the opportunity also. So, Ms. Bailey, I just have one more question for you. Who's going to win this weekend's football game? I dare not predict. <laughs> I will not predict. <laughs> well, well, I think you can uh, must guess what both Midshipman Barber and I have to say about tomorrow's game. So, you know, we'll, we'll just end it with a go Navy, beat Army. <laughs> beat Army. Respectfully, we're all brothers and sisters in arms. Well, thank you very much, Captain. Really appreciate your hosting today. Midshipman First Class Barber, a real pleasure to meet you today as well. And Ms. Bailey, what an honor to to have you here at, at Preble Hall. And I know we're going to have some time uh, for you with, with Ms. Barber. And I just wanted to leave you with just one item. This is the 175th anniversary of the Naval Academy. And one of the items that we're going to be displaying in our exhibit that's going to be opening up soon is the seamanship book. And this was uh, the seamanship book that belonged to John Conyers, who was from South Carolina. He was the first black who was admitted to the Naval Academy in 1872 and uh, 16 years old. So uh, we'll be featuring this in that exhibit. So thank you very much for joining us for another episode of Preble Hall. Have a great day. Preble Hall is in no way intended to reflect the official positions of the Department of the Navy or the Naval Academy.